Hello, and welcome to the Royal Hour Podcast, hosted by the one and only Prince Onyx. Join me on a daily to weekly basis with the Royal Court and I as we delve deep into a wide range of topics. From entertainment to politics, both professional and streetwise, to personal stories of things that we've experienced. From dating troubles to family drama and (laughs) even our own tea that'll get spilled. All from a Chicago perspective that at times can be viewed as worldly. You can find us on Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, and more. This is a show that you don't want to miss. Thanks for tuning in. And hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody. I am so sorry for last Saturday again. I just want to say my apologies for no new episode. But in the spirit of rebranding, I had re-released the episodes from the first season. Because you know what? I spoke to God. I spoke with my ancestors. I talked with a close friend of mine. And I just decided to take out those segments where I was like popping off and going off at the mouth. Damn near seeming like I was like just foaming at the mouth, just going off. Because you know what? This is just a little bit of house cleaning. Um, I just was not really okay with how I behaved and how I was acting, even though it's a part of my diary, if you will. Like the first season of this podcast, this show is an audio diary, if you will, of where I was at during the time when I started it, you know? Um, Again, I had to halt my production due to personal reasons. I've been taking care of my sick mother, uh, also mending our relationship as mother and son. I started therapy, thank goodness. I was getting over such a heart-crushing, you know, heartache and heartbreak, and just getting out of that. And now I'm in such a better space. Don't get it twisted. I still do get busy on motherfuckers if need be, but I'm in such a better space now where I just looked back on that stuff and I was like, yeah, let me take this stuff out because it got in the way of the more prolific stuff that I was saying. You know what I'm saying? Like it got in the way of like when I was dropping gems and jewels because I'm threatening to beat niggas asses and beat people up and did it. Like, I don't need to do that shit. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to do that, you know? But anyway, you guys, I just wanted to get that out of the way as far as house cleaning is concerned. But let's go ahead and dive into... This is honestly a freestyle episode because it's this Black History Month has been fucking crazy from the leaked nudes to all the other fuckery to that Kim Porter bitch getting only two years for murdering a black person. But, you know, hey, and just all this other shit. And today, February 23rd, 2022, mind you, yesterday, the day before was two was two twenty two twenty two February 22nd, 2022. And we will not see that date again for another 400 years. Of course, shit, damn near all of us will be gone by then. Um, but our offspring and descendants, they will see that date uh, again. Anyway, uh, the situation with Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez dating back from 2020 is now, you know, they're having their damn court. And I'm gonna be honest with you, I pray that she gets a win because you know what? At the end of the day, it's like someone shot her. That gun went off. Um, I like, and, and then my thing is, because it was in a residential area, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, damn, was any residents at their home during the time? And, and how did you not know what a fucking gunshot sounded like in real life? Like, I get y'all in California, so y'all probably used to people filming on y'all blocks or whatever the case is, you know, filming in your neighborhoods. But 
sweetie. Like I, I, I would just pray that there were some witnesses to attest to it. You know, of course, Kelsey, Kelsey is just going to look out for herself. You know, uh, Tori admitted on Twitter that he basically was fucking both Megan and Kelsey, which even I had speculated that it's like, okay, dude, you came between two best friends. And again, everybody was drunk that night, minus the bodyguard, which I don't know why anybody hasn't really, you know, bought him on the stand. Now, he did do some interview with some little YouTube channel, but it's just like, dude, that that's for that's more fodder for the court of public opinion. You need to be on the stand just like Kelsey. But again, Kelsey's going to look out for herself. But again, it's like, sweetheart, this is the court of law. Yeah, you want to look out for yourself, but you need to also be truthful. Now, did you pull the trigger? Did Tori pull the trigger? Because Megan got out of the car. She was just going to walk home or get home on her own. And Tori convinced her to come back in. Then they, again, the argument started happening again. She got out. He then, you know, pulled the gun out and said, dance, bitch, and started firing. So it's just like, you know, and and you got everybody coming at this girl from Jason Lee, which is like, dude, you need to worry about protecting your brand more than anything, because after this whole announcement of what's happening over in London with the queen, you know, is she gone? Has she transcended? Is she still in the realm of the living? You need to worry about your brand to DJ academics. You know, it's like, dude, you got so much rah-rah energy for black women, but you do not want to see any of these black men. The Migos was about to beat your ass not too long ago at the BET Awards in their floral shirts. Don't let that fashion stuff fool you. They still get busy just like anybody else. And they also got connections, too. Like like he like he cowers when when men are like not backing down or, and are about to fight him. But when it's a woman, when it's women, him and the rest of his crew, you know, they just come at the women, specifically black women. And it's like DJ Academics, you might want to tread lightly because we all have seen what has happened to Tasha K. We all have seen what has happened to Tasha K. And even now she's talking about, oh, I ain't got that four million dollars. I ain't got it. So she's about to start fighting that in order to not have to pay. But it's just like, yo, that's a whole nother conversation. But it's just like, yo, we've all seen what has happened to Tasha K. And I even warn people on my Clubhouse podcast with my homegirl Shay. I warn people that for me, I just felt like and I've even said this in another room, too, on Clubhouse that I felt like what Cardi did is going to be a domino effect because now artists, you know, rappers, actors, singers, performers, entertainers are really about to start coming after bloggers. And then that's going to bring the situation of, you know, freedom of speech and yada, yada, yada. But it's like, yo, is it freedom of speech when you are slandering folks? Is it freedom of speech when you are defaming someone? Is it freedom of speech when you are doing these things where it's like you are causing more harm than good? You feel what I'm saying? Like, I just with DJ Academics, I... I don't know. With DJ Academics, I don't know. With him, he just it's like, dude, you got all this smoke for her. But it's like, sir, you you don't want to see anybody else in real life. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want to see anybody else in real life. And it, and Tori, you need to just go ahead and stop bragging. And it's first of all, why is everybody on Twitter? I just thought about that. If y'all are in court, too. Like, I don't get that. But all right. But because it's just like. It's going to be a it's going to be a messed up situation if she loses and then it's going to be a messed up situation for him because he's just going to be further and further ousted in the industry because people ain't really trying to rock with him because, you know, in favor of Megan and stuff like that. But it's just like for her, she would have to really get off social media for a while. That girl has been under a lot. You know, her father is gone. She lost her mother and her grandmother in the same freaking month. Then, you know, having issues with her label 1501 where Carl Crawford, apparently he has a pattern of, you know, of basically taking from his artists 
And there's some girl out there, I forgot the young lady's name, but she was on 1501. She simply had asked for a copy of her expense sheet so she can know how much expense is being dished out on a you know month to month basis. And they ended up, whatever happened, had a fallout. She's off the label. Then with Megan, you know, the deal was with her, she owned her masters, but he wanted a percentage of her touring and her merchandise. Now, if you know your, you know, business, especially in the industry, artists make their the bulk of their money off of endorsements, touring and merchandise and other things. Album sales, not so much. You make money off of performing those songs, doing this, that and the third. But he wanted a percentage, which I'm wondering what that percentage was. If it was too high. I wish that they could have just talked about it and communicated that, hey, instead of you trying to get 20% of touring and merchandise, can we drop that down to 10%? I'll even meet you in the middle with 15% versus you trying to get more and more off of me when it's like, according to Megan, y'all didn't contribute as a label. You didn't contribute to, you know, studio fees, mixing and mastering, all of this other stuff that she had to pay out of pocket as well as her mother back then when she was alive and she was her manager. And so it's just like, you know, it's a lot like that girl has been through so freaking much. Then the whole situation with Tori and just everything. It's like she's been through a lot. And Tori, you literally made a whole album basically trying to save face and just, you know, it's ridiculous because at the end of the day, that gun went off. At the end of the day, somebody got shot because DJ Academics, you're getting hearsay and rumors and lies about how, oh, it's just been confirmed that uh, uh, Tory's DNA wasn't on the gun. OK, so who if it's it, but it's, it's his gun, though, right? If it's his gun, then who? Man, look, it's like I just I'm praying that that, that sister comes out of that case victorious, because if if not, it's going to be hard for the for the the public that already didn't see it for her to somewhat have her back and have a heart. You know, you have people who just didn't like her off rip before the whole Tory Lane situation because they felt like, oh, she's too sexual. All she raps about is, you know, her pussy, her ass. She's just twerking. She she ain't really no rapper. Da, 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 da. And that's a whole nother conversation because it's just like we fail to realize that we as the consumers, we have contributed to why hip hop and rap and just music in general is the way it is. We have contributed to it because we here's the thing. That's a whole nother conversation, man, because it's, it's a lot with, with with that, because it's like so much misogyny and misogyny noir and, and, and internalized misogyny coming from black women, too. It's like all this pick me energy. It's like them same men who y'all are siding with to drag and shade Megan or Chloe Bailey or any of these women. These niggas are going to treat you like property, just like they wish that they could treat these women like property because they are fucking incels. Yes, black incels exist. And it's time that we fucking acknowledge them versus not acknowledging them. Okay, so with that being said, I pray that she wins because, again, it's going to be really hard for her to bounce back from this because then it's similar. It'll be like the Jesse Smollett thing all over again, where people are going to think that, you know, oh, you're lying. You're pulling a Jesse or now they're going to say you pulling a Megan and it's going to hurt black women, especially black women are least likely to be believed in cases of domestic violence, sexual assault and all types of other stuff already. Black women are going missing, being trafficked, kidnapped. <coughs> Ooh, I'm sorry. And all of this other stuff already. And people just simply don't care. Recently, there was a girl who an actress who uh, was on the show Family Reunion. And um, this one filmmaker that I know 
they had worked with her on a project and she had went missing. Thankfully, she was found. Thankfully, she was found. And mm, sorry, I had to drink some water because I was coughing. But she was found uh, and she's back home. She's alive and well. But how many times do we hear that as the outcome when it comes to a missing black woman, a missing black girl? You know what I'm saying? How often do we hear that? How? How often do we hear that? I really want to want y'all to sit back and think on that, you know, and and it's just like, you know, with Megan it, and just like with Jesse, like that stuff really hurt because, you know, when it comes to gay bashing and the murder and assaulting and the attacks on black trans women, it's like, yo, it made it so hard. It, it's like celebrity. We 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 have over identified with celebrities to the point where we have stamped this need for them to be role models. These are entertainers entertainers should never be role models because a lot of them you know and this is not tugging at megan or anybody but a lot of them do a lot of stuff that they do a lot of shit that they would not want y'all the public to know that they would not want us the public to know a lot of them do a lot of nefarious shit just to get by just to stay relevant just to stay popular just to stay at the top to keep doing what they're doing because they don't want to be going back to being a nobody or whatever the case is or or hear people say that oh you fell off you're irrelevant oh you're you're dusty you're this you're that you're trying too hard people you know we put so much societal pressures on them and we put them on this pedestal to where it's like you were literally letting celebrities and entertainment raise our children but that's another conversation that i feel like people don't want to have but we're going to have it on here it should even in this episode. So we got to stop doing the over identifying because now it's getting to a point where people are just going to over identify to the detriment and downfall of everyday regular citizens. And again, with Megan, I want her to win this case because it's like and even if she does win, there'll still be people that will drag her and be like, oh, bitch, you lying. And oh, they only um, they only gave you that win. You only won that case for sympathy. Just like DJ Academics said, oh, people only gave you awards for sympathy. And because of you talking about you got shot and da da da. It's like DJ Academics, the day your ass gets beat up or something seriously happens to you, when I tell you people from Chicago to New York to Miami to Atlanta to everywhere are just going to let a loud, are just going to let out a loud unison, huh, finally, because dude, you talk so much shit. You are a shit starter. And see, what's even fucked up is you're a part of the agenda of the war of the infighting within the black diaspora, because you are Jamaican and you basically make it seem like you're better than black Americans, this, that, and the third. And it's just like, dude, you're nobody's, I don't even fucking know who to compare you to because you're nobody's Howard Stern. That's the thing. You're trying to be a black, fat Howard Stern and it's not going to work. It's not going to work because you are really putting yourself in a dangerous territory where people will just call somebody up to come find you and do something to you. Like you, you really need to watch who you are talking about and talking to because people do not got time for the bullshit, you know? So it's just like, fuck you, DJ Academics, because you ain't shit. As far as Carl Crawford, the fact that you got a pattern of treating your artist the way you do, because that other young lady who I, whose name is slipping my mind, you know, because of what the fallout between you and her, you ended up bigging up and your other artist, Erica Banks, who people were comparing against, you know, Megan, just like all the other women on 1501 are damn near getting compared to, to Megan and being seen like you're trying to just recreate 
what you had with Megan because she's your biggest cash cow. Like you literally tried to block her from releasing music, but she's and that's why she's releasing music like she is. But now you're trying to say that the uh, something for the hotties that that project doesn't count as an album. God damn it. It should because you know what? She's trying to get out of her contract with you so that she can just move on with her life and put everything behind her. Dude, you said that you was treating her like a daughter, blah, 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 all the other bullshit. That don't mean shit because the way that you are treating her, it's like, yo, I, you you are disrespecting whatever you swore to her mom or whatever. Like you're sullying whatever you promised her and her mom back in the day when they came to you and you saw the talent in her and you signed her. It's like, dude, you like, child, Carl Crawford, please, please get it together, brother. Because this is just, it's not looking good for you. It's not looking good for anybody in this situation. Because, hell, now you got everybody on Twitter, you know, hashtagging Megan Appreciation Day. Because people are really concerned for this girl of what the outcome of this case is going to be, man. Because people on the internet are vicious. People on the internet, this shit is poisonous. This shit is dangerous because the internet has given the power to people who don't, who, to people who are insecure, people who are losers in real life, people who are lames in real life, people who don't know about, wouldn't nobody even look your way in real life. Social media is, is a tool that has been turned against society. If you really want me to be open and honest, that's, that's why I'm just like, man, this shit could go either way. And I'm just praying it goes in favor of Megan. You feel what I'm saying? So next, I want to talk about and send a special prayer and shout out to, you know, my good girl, uh, Mariah, the scientist. I've been noticing some tweets lately and I noticed a tweet last night where she essentially I feel like she was going off on the fans, but she may have just been talking in general. But it may have been aimed at the fans. And this is where I got to ring the fans in because it's like, you know what, y'all? I know it. I get it. We all want the, this new EP. We Hell, she's dropping three EPs, apparently. We want this music, you know, this, that, and the third. But that girl really has gone through a lot of shit. Like, the reason why I relate to her lyrics so much outside of relationship rise, like romantically, is even platonically. When I look back on certain friends who we've outgrown each other, things, you know, ended either badly or even if they didn't end badly, I still think about them at times. And yes, communication is a two-way street, but hell, if I do text, they either don't get back to me or it's like they'll get back late, which, hey, at least they they still got back to me. But oftentimes people don't get back to me. And I'm not going to force anything between us as friends or even with me and somebody who I used to date, you know, but it's like I relate to her music a lot because, yeah, like this shit is hard getting over heartbreak. It's really hard. And because a lot of people don't know this, um, apparently, apparently and allegedly, uh, and there's like one picture online out there still, if you Google it, uh, Mariah the Scientist and Little Yachty were in a relationship. And a lot of shit basically from the album Master to Rai Rai World, you know, even her EP to Die For, which is like part of the archives um, for Mariah, Mariah the Scientist. Those songs are about him. And even the songs that she hasn't released, like there's a song called Heaven is a Place on Earth, where if you really listen to the lyrics, essentially, I believe and allegedly it is about a miscarriage that she had. And like she like she has just really been through a lot of shit, you know, and I just pray for her mental health and her well-being as well as, you know, Megan Thee Stallion. I pray for these girls because 
they're in an industry that is so sinister. <laughs> they're in an industry that damn near wants you to sell your soul. And some people will if you if you, you know, some people will if it means they'll get to the next level of success or pentacle of success that they think they're going to get to. And then they end up trying to fight to regain their soul after the fact. And that's a whole nother conversation. But I pray for Mariah's well-being because you know, I, I really pray that she is getting therapy or she is about to start getting therapy because, yeah, man, I just I want that girl to be all right. Music aside, you know, she she put the date in her bio. The, the EP will be out next month. Yay, finally. But I want that girl to be OK. I really want that girl to be. Whew, to be okay, man, I want that girl to be okay because you still got friends and family that love you. You know, yes, your parents may be divorced, but it's like, I'm pretty sure they both still love you a lot. And it's like, girl, don't let that situation with him take over your life. You know, you may have thought he was the love of your life. Y'all may have really been going at it. But you know what? One thing I learned when you are in your 20s is that everything is all up in the air. People are still trying to figure themselves out. And if it's meant to be, it'll come again another day. And hell, that's what I even had to realize with my situation with, oh, fuck it, I can still say that nigga name, with Tevin. You know, if it is meant to be, great. But for now, I'm in a much better space in my life where I'm no longer waiting on him to text me back or text me out of the blue or, you know, no longer having dreams, dreams where he's popping up consistently in them and we're having conversations as if we're, you know, back cool again. But then I wake up coming back into the real world out of the dream and it's like, oh, shit damn and you know I, I just i'm doing really fucking good right now in my life so again if it's meant to be and that nigga comes back great but chances are we would just end up being friends and if anything that's what i miss with him is the friendship that we were developing and yeah we both were catching feelings as well but hell you know we young we we young we're hell when you are young and gay hell when you're young and straight you damn near falling in love with every motherfucker that you meet that you have such a bond, a closeness, a close knit bond with. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, I just her music has, like I said, her music, just like Summer Walker's music has really saved my life. And it really helped me to get out of that dark space that I was in. And it and it taught me to it, it taught me and reminded me that Arkir, you're an artist. Prince Onyx, you're an artist. Write your feelings out. All these songs that I'm writing, man, please. It's like, whew. Thank God I remembered who the fuck I am and remembered my power, <laughs> remembered my power, you know. So I just I say that to say that I pray that Megan Thee Stallion is victorious in her case. And I pray that Mar Mariah, the scientist, is in her well-being is intact and that these ladies really take care of themselves. Because people even tried to come for Ari Lennox when she had to, you know, take a step back because she's tired of being gypped around and fucked around as well in this industry, you know? People have to really realize that folks are not going to continue to let what happened to those before them happen to them we have all seen what has happened to the likes to artists the likes of lauren hill and just other artists who went into fucking obscurity you know what i'm saying hell Tr tracy chapman she has such a private life that it's like child you won't know shit about her it's like people who go into such obscurity after being in this industry it is because they have been through some things they have seen some things and they they almost lost themselves 
So people nowadays like, uh, you know, a Lizzo or an Ari Lennox, a Chloe Bailey, Holly Bailey, like people who just need to really take a step back, get their mental health intact, breathe, woosah, hell, take a vacation, put your phone down, log off Instagram, log off Twitter for a while and just get back to living life. This Internet shit will be here. You won't if you decide to harm yourself, you know. So I just want all the girls to be all right. And this is just a special prayer and a shout out for the both of them. And just, you know, a rundown of my my opinion on the whole Megan Thee Stallion situation. But you guys, we will be right back after these messages. Peace. I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with the line from the Notorious B.I.G. Black and ugly as ever. However, So I'm here to tell you about Black and Ugly, a clothing line where the phrase itself is an oxymoron and it is not everything that you think. Rather, it's everything you think it's not. Here at Black and Ugly, you are going to find unique pieces of clothing from hats to hoodies to sweatpants to camouflage pants to backpacks to little pins that you can put on your backpack as well as your clothing down to jackets, hockey shirts, so on and so forth. And mind you, this is not your typical average wear. No, this is wearable art created by a black woman for for the people by the people. This is like FUBU 2.0. Black and ugly. It's everything that you think it's not. Be sure to head on over there and let them know that the Royal Hour Prince Onyx sent you. Ow. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Royal Hour podcast with your good guy, Prince Onyx. So something that I meant to include in the last segment, but again, it's like so much on my mind right now. And I'm just getting everything out all at once while trying to organize these thoughts was when I was speaking on Mariah the Scientist and her rather cryptic tweets. But there was a tweet that she had released the other day that has since been deleted, where she was essentially saying how, like, you know, people, you know, think that this music is easy or that I'm just doing this to do this. But I really had to I lost my mind and went insane going through all the experiences. And, you know, again, a lot of her fans, myself included, this is why I stopped doing this. You know, every time she tweets, everybody's like, where's the EP? Where's the cover art? Give us the music. And it's just like there have been times where I would let them know or chime in and be like, hey, y'all, let's not pressure her, put too much pressure on her, because, again, her music is real life. Like she's not just talking about whimsical shit here she's talking about when she's in love she's talking about when she's out of love heartbreak heartache all types of stuff like the dehumanization of black bodies and the commodification of black bodies from us as the consumers to those of the who to those who are the performers the entertainers is something that needs to be examined there needs to be a documentary about this and i would love to be a part of said documentary because it's just huh This shit is insane how we treat. It's insane how we treat these celebrities as if they are not human. We make them gods and goddesses and this, that and the third. And, you know, king, this queen, that. And it's like putting these titles on them strips them of their humanity. And we as black people, we know what that means to be stripped of our humanity due to the fucking history of us, not just in this country, but in this world in general for fucking King Leopold or whatever the fuck his name was, you know, inviting African princes over to his country only to then fucking enslave them. And he was amputating motherfuckers hands and feet and all types of shit. So it's just like, 
you know, I, for me, it's like I, I, I low-key hate when her fans do that shit to her, you know, and I'm saying this as a fan because it's like, yo, the music is going to come when it comes, y'all. We need to just first off, we need to be thankful because she didn't have to decide to do not one, not two, but three EPs. This is just the first out of the out of the series of three that she's doing. And on top of that, the song that we that most of us want spread thin, a.k.a. Hollywood Dreams. Damn, I know we all want the damn song and it's going to come. But, yo, let's stop pressuring this girl because she's going through some shit still. And this is why I stress the importance of I stress the importance of therapy and counseling. There are literally therapists who are who are who are literally for celebrities. There's therapy for celebrities, for artists, for entertainers, because being a celebrity, being in a successful artist, no shade, being in this industry is ab fucking normal. You got millions and thousands upon people who love you and adore you, but then you also got a bunch of people who hate you and will say God off of shit and drag you on the fucking internet all day, but if you pull up on them in real life, they get quiet. Just like when Cardi had pulled up on them Nicki fans or whatever fans that they were, and they were talking shit, then she pulled up, which I would not recommend thank god she's still alive and that they didn't do anything crazy but she pulled up on him and then it was oh my god oh 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 but it's like nah y'all need to realize that these celebrities nowadays better yet celebrities since the since back in the day was with the shits but these celebrities nowadays due to the internet they feel like yo i gotta prove that i'm with the shits i can't just say it on wax i gotta really be about it about it and even those artists back in the day was about it about it but they didn't have social media like People got to really realize that it's like this shit is not normal. It's not. And we need to respect these people as such. And that leads me into my other point, which, yes, I wanted to have a guest on here to discuss this with me. But you know what? My guest is going through some stuff once again. And you know what, y'all? I'm just going to do this solo dolo. I believe in myself enough that I can do this to fucking I'm coming out swinging. Let's talk about Kanye West, right? I know a lot of people are tired of hearing, oh, you know, he hasn't been the same since he lost his mother, this, that, and a third. But if you really do a deep dive on it, and I got to give a shout out to Lovely T because I listened to her podcast the other day where she broke down the whole thing with Kanye and Alexis Sky, his first girlfriend, um, who he who his mom loved and they were going to get married and they had broke up and then he went to Amber Rose and then, you know, with Kim Kardashian. And now we see how everything's unfolding. Someone like him, after watching part one of the documentary, I will be watching part two. And maybe I should maybe I should come back after I've seen part two, but I'm going to keep persevering anyway. Someone if to, to if when you watch the documentary and you see how hard he fought to be taken serious as an artist, as a rapper, not just the guy that makes the beats, <laughs> And everything that he went through, he dealt with so much racism and ridicule and being overlooked and overshadowed and not believing and taken serious to look at where he's at now. And it came at such a cost. It came at such a cost. You know, he his when I saw the part with his mother, Donda, rest in peace, Donda West, and she was like talking to him and giving him advice and encouraging him. It was almost like, you know. That of somebody, well, she was essentially an elder, yes. And it was like when a young person sits, a young black person sits with an elder and that elder is instilling in them values, morals, and they're giving you all of this good energy and they're, they're essentially like helping feed you and reset you. And it's like you're getting all of these downloads at the same time. To lose that, 
there's a void that has been in that man's life since his mother died because she not only saw him as her son, but as the artist and the genius that he is. I'm not saying that I approve of his antics or none of that shit. I'm saying that let's look at the material. This man has worked his fucking ass off to get to where he has gotten to. And as, and as far as the Kardashians are concerned, and again, Lovely T broke this shit down so eloquently. He upgraded them. Because beforehand, nobody took them serious. People don't realize in the industry, there's levels to this shit. Hip-hop artists, reality TV stars, all of that stuff were Z-list. Yes, hip-hop artists and R&B motherfuckers were Z-list. They weren't taken serious. And people out in, in, in L.A. and in California, they didn't take the fucking Kardashians serious. People hated them. Fellow Armenians hated them. And then Kanye comes in. He upgrades this whole fucking family. He started with Kim. And then he branched out and started with and then from there, everybody else from putting Kendall in his fashion shows to, you know, every like these. They were being overlooked so much that he helped upgrade them. He changed them. He put so much energy and poured so much into them that to see him and his wife divorcing. Despite how people may feel about her, but to see him and Kim divorcing and then for Kim to get up get with Pete Davidson, who is a comedian and that's no knock to comedians, but he's a that look, whatever percentage of black is in him it is in his because he's joked about having a big dick. So and people equate having a big dick to being black or whatever the case is, his dick size and his lips are about as black as he is. I haven't seen the dick, but I remember when he was on Brilliant Idiots and he was joking and bragging about how big it is. And if it's big and you know how to use it, Pete, great. Congratulations. Don't sling it my way because I don't I don't do pink. I'm sorry. I just whew, no, I don't do. No, I don't do coke. I'm sorry. I don't do crack. Um. Anyway, whoa, stay away. Stay away. No Ku Klux Klan. No Ku Klux Klan over here. N.T. Way. To see her go to him. And essentially, I'm going to say it right now. Kim is upgrading this boy to where if Pete Davidson gets taken more serious as an actor or he starts popping up more and more in this, that and the third. It's literally Kanye seeing all of his hard work just essentially go to waste and just be used for the next person. Like and then what's even more fucked up is that him and Kim are also business partners as well. Y'all got four beautiful children together. And again, all his hard work, he stopped all of that stuff where Kim was basically taking endorsements from everybody from Charmin to coffee ads to ran just random brands and random stuff. He stopped all of that so that she can be in the upper echelon where she is now. If it wasn't for him, she wouldn't. Oh, excuse me. She wouldn't be where the fuck she is now. And. It's really sad when you, oops, I'm so sorry, y'all. I'm having a little bit of uh, indigestion, a little bit of acid reflex. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Mm, 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 mm. Sweet Jesus. Oh, child, it just came and I'm like, oh, my God, no. Anyway, anti-fucking-way. To see all of that go away, and again, he upgraded this woman. He, he man... And and the reason why him and Alexis had broke up was because she had reminded him of his mother, of what was no longer there because she loved, she loved Alexis. His mother loved Alexis and they were going to, I believe they were engaged, if I'm not mistaken, engaged. They were about to get married. Like, you know, she also helped Kanye with the fashion stuff. She, she slept, ate and breathed fashion and still does because her grandma had put her on game when she was a child. So she put Kanye onto the fashion stuff and he was fusing the fashion and the hip hop and making the two worlds meet. And Adidas gave him that chance that Nike didn't. Everybody laughed at him and overlooked him. And now look at him. Adidas actually took a chance on him to where Yeezy is now 
a household name. It's a brand. Yes, it's very expensive. Don't get me wrong. But from what I've been hearing, them shoes are pretty goddamn comfortable. Okay. And again, it's like he was really, he fought so hard. He fought through so fucking much, yo. He fought through so fucking much, came overcame a lot. And I wish that brother would get some counseling and some therapy. And I'm so tired of people jokingly saying, oh, he just needs to get with a black woman. Stop putting that on black women. Stop putting the responsibility of helping to heal a black man on a black woman. Because when a black woman is down and bad, you know, she's labeled as the angry black woman. And that's what Kanye is essentially getting is the angry black woman treatment when really he's hurt. He's hurt. He's losing his family. He doesn't want to have it where the kids got to go over to, to daddy's house. Then they got to go back to mommy's house. Then they got to go over to daddy's house. He would like it to be a two-parent household. The parents are in the same household. Everything's copacetic. But you know what? He is getting vindicated because that guy, whatever the fuck his name was, who was dating um, Chris Jenner. Yeah, he's up out the paint now. And the word on the curb is that he's a scammer. Don't nobody know too much of shit about him. Um, yeah, nobody knows too much of shit about this man. He's a scammer. He's been, he says that he's a producer or a talent manager or whatever the case is, but he's been shucking and jabbing and skinning and grinning his way through Hollyweird, through the system, through the game. And, you know, he lucked up with Chris, but now he's up out the paint because he cheated on her and he was clearly looking for a way out. But it's like, child, Kanye knew that something was up with that motherfucker since day one. And he wasn't afraid to call that shit out. See, he called it out, whereas everybody else in the family was just like, hush, hush, excuse me, hush, hush about it. Sir, why is it that in the, what, seven years that you and Chris were together, nobody saw or saw or heard about your family members? It was just like as if you just came into the world on your own and some immaculate conception shit, my nigga. Like, what is really going on? Like, I'm sorry. that, And no, I'm not like standing out for Kanye. So don't get it twisted. It's a Chicago thing because I'm going to be honest with y'all. Seeing the young Kanye, the old Kanye in the first part of that documentary, I saw myself and all the shit that I've had to deal with, with confusion, with my production company, with, with not being taken serious, with being overlooked to now currently, now that I'm charging for my services and now people are like their attitudes are, are changing up on me and they're switching up on me because I'm no longer working for motherfuckers for the free 99. It's like, yo. When you really are about that life as an entrepreneur, as an artist, whatever you are trying to pursue in life, you're going to go through a lot of fucking hurdles. And when that soon turns into finally, everybody who doubted you and everything else is going to be kissing your ass. And I know that my time is coming. So watching that documentary fucking hit me because I lost one of my biggest cheerleaders, my grandma died, my paternal grandmother, because that woman saw me like nobody else does. And I have my mother, but me and her, our relationship, I, we're, I'm mending it and fixing it because, damn, we were we were close. But with everything that was going on with me growing up and figuring who I was and discovering, who, you know, my sexuality and everything and just all of this shit, man, everything that I've fucking been through. But this is not about me. But I'm just saying that it's like I see myself in old young Kanye and to where I fucking get it. The antics aside, that bullshit aside, I'm talking about him as an artist, as a person, as a human, as a black man, as a black person with a black body. You know, like people really don't understand that like that brother has been through some shit. 
just like and it's, and it's a damn shame that people that black folks are quick to cast him out to where it's like now white folks feel the need to use terms like hotep and call him crazy which all of us black white puerto rican latino all of us need to stop using the word crazy because as much as we're trying to push people to go to therapy, how about we re remove the word crazy out of our dyslexicon? How about we remove that out of the lexicon, out of our lingo and stop using that to label people and write people off? Because it's the same thing motherfuckers did to Azealia Banks. It's the same thing I'm sure motherfuckers did to Monique, to Eartha Kitt, to anybody who's, who took a stand that was black and was not afraid to, you know, unleash at the mouth and say what it was and speak the fuck up. Especially when it's us doing wrong to each other. It's just a damn shame how people just really. How, pe how, how we really do each other and treat each other. And because Kanye has rubbed a majority of black people the wrong way. Nobody wants to come to his defense from a regular standpoint. And then either other celebrities and stuff like that. And it's a damn shame. Y'all know that he needs help. Y'all know that he needs help. And again, don't put that on just a black woman. Get him some counseling. Get him some therapy. Somebody to cootie. Talk to him. You're his best. You're one of his best friends. Talk to the brother. Someone please talk to him because he's it, it's like it's like, you know, it's a damn shame what motherfuckers did to Michael Jackson, what they did to Prince what they did to Whitney Houston. Hell, even shit, I'll even shit what they did to Aaliyah, how they still talking and dragging her and just all this other shit. Like, man, people who, people who were ahead of their time and who were revolutionary in an artistic sense. And even though we didn't get to see all of what Aaliyah was about to do, but she was about to take the world by storm. Mark my words, if she was still around, it was going to be her, Beyonce, and Rihanna running this shit. That was going to be the holy trinity right there of the game. Them three girls was going to be a fucking an unstoppable power source, powerhouse. You couldn't fucking touch them if you wanted to. Um... But with Whitney, Michael, and Prince, man, especially with Whitney and Prince, like with Whitney and Michael, people still make jokes to this day. People still talk shit and drag them. Hell, Whitney Houston's estate, Pat Houston and company, you know, is, is about to release two new albums that nobody asked for. This hologram tour, like people are just milking these folks. It's like, well, it's like even even in death, a black person spiritually still can't rest. Because all of this posthumous stuff is invoking their energy spiritually, energetically, metaphysically, emotionally, mentally. And it's just like, hell, then Bobby Brown with his reality show, it's like, brother, keep her and your daughter out of it. I know that they are a part of your, your life, your you know life story, but it's like you being at the graveyard, it's like, man, I just, man, it's it's just too much. Like, it's just, and I fear that the day that Kanye passes away, it'll be like Michael Jackson, in a sense, when he passed, where people are crying to you, real tears and then the tattoo tears. But them tattoo tears will be the same ones dragging him. And they, they'll f fuck around and say some stupid shit on Twitter, like blaming him for his own death or his own demise or some shit like that. And it's just like, yo, y'all can go to hell because none of y'all could walk a mile in old Kanye's shoes. 
and put up with everything that he put up with from people saying that they were going to sign him and then they never did. And then finally, Dame, you know, saw the light and he signed him to where now Dame is talking about, oh, you know, Kanye always had it. And it's like, Dame, you fucking overlooked him, too. And you just wanted him to make beats for your for your artist, nigga. You didn't take him serious. And it was all because he wasn't doing what everybody else was doing, which was rapping about the, the killing, the drugs and all this other negative shit. He was rapping about real shit, man. Like, man, I just. Uh, and I ain't even going to call him conscious rap, backpack rap, neo soul, all that. None of that shit. No, he was just doing what hip hop did before all the gangster rap shit came in before the bling bling era before all of this toxicity that we got now to where look at how th- man look who this is gonna be an episode for the books okay because it's like yo respect that man put some fucking respect on his name because if he didn't get to the part to where he is man hip-hop would be looking real different it's because of him that a lot of stuff is the way that it is him and several other people who it's just man look y'all put some respect on that brother's name and just say a prayer for him but the dehumanization because i will revisit this topic one day but the dehumanization of kanye west is something that needs to stop the dehumanization of black bodies in general needs to stop it's why we treat each other like we're disposable. We treat each other like we're disposable. The rest of the world treats us like we're disposable. And we wonder why things are the way that they are. I swear, I, 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 I'm going to get so deep in this episode and other episodes. And it's, it's just, yo, y'all really finna see that it's like, yo, it ain't always just fun and games with me. And I'm not always just going off dragging niggas. Did it. That was that old shit because I was in a hurt, dark place, but I'm really about defending people who should be defended. Again, I'm not excusing his antics because it's like, yo, that's what people, that's the crux of what people use to discard him versus really seeing that it's like, yo, something is going on. And it's enough that it's enough for us to acknowledge that something is going on. Yes. But it's not enough for us to be like, damn, he really needs to be protected despite the other shit. It's like, yo, it's like that that little that little brother, that little sister, that cousin that says stupid shit. And you just be like, hey, calm all that shit down or we're going to handle this when we get home and, you know, rep, you reprimand them. No, we would rather just throw the baby out with the bathwater in using that as a metaphor. And it's just like throw the motherfucker to the wolves. But now that the wolves have a hold of him. It's just like people want to turn away. People people love to see the car accident, but they are damned if they're actually going to call 911 or call anybody to help. People love to stand by and be like, it's the bystander effect where it's like someone's going to call, someone's going to do something. But what, when no, what about when no one does anything? Then what? Then what? I swear, it's, it's, it's an atrocity. It's a tragedy. It's a fucking travesty that this... This is what we doing in 2022. This is what we doing. Man, get the fuck off my phone with that shit, man. I just. <sighs> like when I listen to certain songs like Devil in a New Dress with Rick Ross, that song touches me and it touches me in a special place. And it just it does something to me when I listen to and I heard him say dun, 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 like certain songs, man, like he. Uh, Because if I go any further, I'm going to fucking cry because 
I see myself in him. Not that I'm over identifying with him because I did speak about that in the first segment. Not that I'm over identifying with him, but I see myself in him in a sense of like what it takes to get to the top and things that things, places and people that end up being that you lose in the process, what it costs to really be the boss. And that that shit keeps me up at night if I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. That shit keeps me up at night. But let me know what your thoughts are because, yeah, Kanye needs to be protected. He's not crazy. Let's stop calling him that because that does nothing more than to just make matters worse. And I just pray that people wake the fuck up and stop doing that because that's bullshit. And I just pray that we have some sympathy for this brother and that we stop being on bullshit. Seriously. Keep Kanye West in your prayers as I am doing. And yeah, that's all we can really do at this point, y'all. But I will be right back after these messages from today's sponsor. I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with the line from the Notorious B.I.G., Black and Ugly as Ever, however. So I'm here to tell you about Black and Ugly, a clothing line where the phrase itself is an oxymoron and it is not everything that you think. Rather, it's everything you think it's not. Here at Black and Ugly, you are going to find unique pieces of clothing from hats to hoodies to sweatpants to camouflage pants to backpacks to little pins that you can put on your backpack as well as your clothing down to jackets, hockey shirts, so on and so forth. And mind you, this is not your typical average wear. No, this is wearable art created by a black woman for for the people by the people. This is like FUBU 2.0. Black and ugly. It's everything that you think it's not. Be sure to head on over there and let them know that the Royal Hour, Prince Onyx, sent you. Ow. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Royal Hour podcast with your good guy here, Prince Onyx. Ow. Oh, this episode has been, again, just a shoot the shit episode, just, you know, talking just about different stuff from celebrities and, you know, mental health from a, from a Mariah the Scientist to Megan Thee Stallion to Kanye West and things of that nature. And while I had something specially planned for this episode, and trust me, we will get to that point eventually, you guys, because at the end of the day, I started this podcast by myself and that's just how I'm going to do it. So until I can find a co-host that can really commit to this as much as I am committing to it, you know, hey, it is what it is. Y'all been rocking with me thus far solo. So shit, I'm still here for y'all and for me. So, you know, hey, this episode is still going to be great regardless. And even when I do have that special host, that special co-host rather, come on with me. Hey, that's going to be spectacular as well. But for right now, it's just me. But anyway, I want to talk about something that I have dealt with recently. And this is surrounding myself and surrounding yourself because I always want you guys to be able to take something away from these episodes but it's about surrounding yourself with people who genuinely love you and not people who simply tolerate you when it's convenient but once you (laughs) you start to be in a better space or you're starting to do what you're starting to do better in life and they're not used to that and so they show you their true colors so I have a friend named Trey 
for all intents and purposes. I'm going to use a fake name, okay? I'm going to have enough respect for this friend of mine, this comrade, this associate, this acquaintance. So Trey is a successful playwright, right? Well, playwright. And I am in the process of giving one of his scripts the good old film adaptation. So Trey originally was going to work on this production with a former friend of his who is apparently a producer, but I don't know what he's produced. And the producer, for all intents and purposes, his name is Derek. So Trey and Derek had a very personal, intimate relationship. They worked on this project together. It was going to be the two of them doing it. Bam, wow, bam, bam. It was going to be dope, right? But of course, things happen, which I'm not going to really reveal that part because uh, I have enough respect to not air out anybody else's dirty laundry, but my own, of course. And so they ended up, you know, not being friends anymore. And so me and Trey are working together and Derek is still trying to weasel his way back into into the production. And things are starting to get a little messy because Derek's niece hit up Trey and she's like an actress in Atlanta and she apparently has connections the whole nine yards. Right. And so, you know, he kindly let her know that the script has already been copywritten. So your uncle Derek literally can't do anything with it. He can't produce it. He can't try to recreate it. This has already been copywritten. He has the letter from the copyright office, the whole nine yards. He has the proof. And he sent that over to her. Right. So the guy, Derek, is still trying to get involved. And I, for one, because we've been working on this for a few years now, because I've been doing confusion and just, you know, trying to just I've been spreading myself too thin. That's why I'm on a hiatus now from writing and acting and filmmaking. But 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 so Derek is still trying to weasel his way back in. And so one day I was talking with Trey and I just let him know. And maybe I should have definitely worked on my delivery for this. But I was like, hey, man, I'm about tired of hearing about Derek because it just seems like, you know, have you healed from what happened between y'all from the friendship fizzling out from everything that happened from how he used you and disrespected you? And, you know, but then was trying to like manipulate like it was an emotionally and mentally abusive relationship, friendship. You know what I'm saying? Like the dude used you, you know, like he used you and you're like probably not really fully over it. And I get that. But at a certain point, you have to have to let go. And so being that I turn to Trey, as well as a few other people who I'm now, I see them in a different light, especially after these past two weeks. Trey was somebody who I turned to during the situation with Tevin and that whole heartbreak and the void that it left and everything. And I was venting and ranting and raving and just, you know, having breakdowns every other time that we had talked because I was in a very dark space and I was hurting, you know. So Trey was just like, oh, well, I'm t- I was about tired. I was tired of you ranting and raving about Tevin and about this and about that. Da, 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 da. And as apparent to me that just like with mr crazy joe whole another t- conversation even though i've have since removed those segments <laughs> uh from the show but trey basically revealed without really sh- without saying it that he too was jealous of tevin and the whole situation because fuck it in the moment of truth honesty and transparency me and trey have fooled around we've you know mixed business with pleasure should not even so much mix business with pleasure we have had relations sexual relations we have but i no longer desire to have that with him and i just simply want to keep things strictly professional and business that's it that's all but i can tell that he still wants to fool la la around and i'm not with that so there's that 
But, you know, I can tell that he, too, just like Joe and anybody else was who was jealous of Tevin. It's because of how Tevin made me feel. And it is because hell, he looked better than than the both of them. And I'm not sorry when I say that he did. But basically, you know, to say that, oh, I got tired of da, 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 it's like, dude, what does Tevin and everybody, everything else that I went through have to do with this? Like, with this production? Bruh, you bringing up this dude, Derek as, who is going to literally just keeps trying to meddle into this where I'm, I'm starting to feel like maybe I should back down. Maybe I should back out and recluse myself and my production company and my cast and crew from this mess. You know, so we had a little bit, not even a back and forth, but I had to just like calm myself down because that really had like hit me that it's like, damn, you're somebody who I turned to when I was when I was hurting and needed a help, a helping hand, a, a ear to listen, a shoulder to cry on. And now you're turning this back on me. Now you're 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 turning this on me. That's that's what we're doing. You're turning this on me. Wow. OK, so. <laughs> You know, that that really hit me, you know, and it's just like, wow, OK, well, now I know that I need to, you know, reduce the friendship and just keep this on a strictly client employee. Well, should not an employee, but a client type of relationship because the friendship part, let's subside that because you know what, Trey, regardless of how I've confided in you with the for a lot, I see now that you are the type that will throw it back in my face. And that's unfortunate. But what you will know is that you will be paying this invoice if you want me to continue working, because now that I'm charging for my services, he and a few other people are in their fee-fees. They're in their feelings. They're in their feelings because I am charging for my services and not working pro bono. I don't do shit for free anymore. I need my money. I got bills. I'm trying to eat like everybody else. I got things that I'm trying to do. So you're going to pay up for my services. I don't work for free. Fuck the friendship because us being friends has nothing to do with you paying this invoice. So pay this invoice. You don't have to pay it all at once. Pay it in installments. I do payment plans. It's okay. But you're going to pay this invoice one way or another. Thank you. And it is tax season. So really, ha 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 ha. It is tax season. So if you really want to, you can pay a good fraction of it now and then just pay the remainder at a later date. That way it frees up so much for you. It frees up so much for you. But what you won't do is be disrespecting me and talking sideways out of my neck. See, I'm in a better space now, y'all, where even the thought of Tevin doesn't send me into a rage. It doesn't send me into an emotional breakdown. I'm not crying my eyes out. And if I do, I do it privately. And then I also pick up my pen and I write a song. I transmute that energy versus holding on to it and letting it fester and boil up and build. That's how that's what a true artist does, you know, but it just goes to show again. I he's somebody who I can no longer really surround myself with as far as needing that comfort and that love and that, you know, that need of not feeling like, okay, you don't really like me. You don't really like platonically love me. You simply tolerate me because see when someone tolerates you. They're going to show you sooner than later, you know, however it goes, that you really don't matter to them and that, you know, you are you are a vessel, if you will. You're convenient. They they're around you and they hit you up and they listen to you when it's convenient, but they need you to do this, do that. Oh, well, how about this? How about that? They're always trying to find a way to, like, use you and just. (sighs) 
use you and then they're upset because you're charging and they feel some type of way. It's just ridiculous. So what I'm going to say to wrap up this segment is that be mindful of people who you share things with when you are in a rut, even when you're sharing good times and just keep things to your chest more and just trust your inner circle, but never be afraid to re-examine your inner circle. Because the truth of the matter is Trey was never really in the inner circle too much. He was just a friend. That's the difference. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't really in the club. He Or if he was in the club, he was like at maybe level one and a half, 1.5. Meanwhile, me and everybody else is in the higher up levels, like level five and up, you know? So I say that to say, be mindful. Be ever, 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 ever so mindful of the people who you welcome into your life. Be mindful of the things that you share with everybody because not everybody is happy when you're happy and not everybody is sad when you're sad. Some people get tired of you being sad, but they don't want they don't remember that sometimes people need time to process stuff. And when they get back to being the happy go lucky person that you met, Hey, be glad that they made it back to who they were. We fall down, but we get up as what? Kurt Franklin or whoever the hell sung that song would say, we fall down, but we get up. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't Kurt Franklin. I don't believe it's Donnie McClurkin. Maybe it is Donnie McClurkin. I'm not sure. Whoever sung that damn song, we fall down, but we get up, we fall down. We fall down, but we get up. And that's the thing. I had to get myself up. At a certain point in time, with everything that was going on from my father leaving my mom to healing myself over the heartbreak and of, of the situation with Tevin, to having to halt my production, to just every, having mental, emotional breakdowns, being so stressed out out of my mind, everything. Eventually, I just fell back. I fell back from everybody. I fell back and... I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. I fell back from everybody. I reclused myself. I isolated myself because I was like, you know what? I'm no I'm not good to myself right now. I can't be a source of light or happiness or laughter or whatever the case is for somebody else because I can't be that for myself. So I'm just going to fall back and I'm going to talk to who I want to talk to, who I trust, who I know will never grow tired of me just like I won't grow tired of them. And even if we get even if we get a little bit like tired of each other in the sense of it's like, hey, I love you lots, but I need to hold on to my own energy right now. I, hey, I, we can talk later. Da, 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 da. Like there's a way you can let somebody down easy. Let a friend know that, hey, I'm busy right now without making it seem like they're a nuisance or a bother to you, making it seem like they're bothersome, you know, and there's a way to say, hey, man, I respect what you were saying, but truth be told, I was kind of tired of you saying this, that, and the third, which that's what Trey did, you know, in the midst of our conversation that we had is that like, he received what I was saying. It's just my delivery. It wasn't the best. And that's because I have a zero tolerance policy for, for bullshit and people, you know, not getting to the point or realizing, hey, block this person. Like I've literally had to tell him, you need to block Derek. You need to block Derek. And it seemed like he, it went in one ear and out the other. Like he couldn't think, oh God, why would I block him? You need to block him because look at how detrimental he is to your well-being. Blocking somebody cuts off access, cuts off their access to you tremendously. And if you really value yourself and if you really care about yourself, you're going to do what is right. And if you don't care about yourself and if you don't value yourself, trust me, that's going to show up. And it's going to be to your downfall and to your utter, utter uh, detriment and utter demise. So it is up to you to put matters into your own hand, especially when somebody like me has given you the advice that you needed time and time again. I'm not going to 
put sugar on shit. I'm going to let you know what it is. And again, I'm working on my delivery, but you don't have to bring up a point of trauma for me or something that was very near and dear to my heart. While, yes, I'm in a much better space now than I was as it pertains to the situation with Tevin, you throwing it back in my face has shown me that you really, really never saw it for for him. Even if things did work out with me and him, you probably never would have really sawed for him. And you would have been one of those people who was praying for something to come between us or something to happen so that in a way I can run back to you. And in your twisted, sick, little sadistic mind or what have you, you know, oh, he's going to always be mine. No, bitch, I don't belong to you and I don't belong to anybody else. So fuck you. Have a good night and just be sure to pay your invoice. Pay up, bitches and smooches. Okay, so take away from this. That you got to, again, be mindful of who you share stuff with and just reexamine your inner circle always. Even when you think somebody is, you know, good and there's nothing that's going to come between y'all. Always, always reexamine your damn inner circle because you just never, just never freaking know. You know what I'm saying? You just, you never know. So always reexamine, you know, do a reevaluation. Shit, reevaluate from within. You know, that that's. It's a part of growth. And once things have been revealed to you, because, again, this is my Saturn return uh, at the age of 27. Everybody goes through their Saturn return. All of the lessons that I am learning early on and we're only we're still in February, about to go into March. Man, all the lessons I'm learning, y'all, I just. Whoo, all the lessons I'm learning, baby, I just I'm thankful. Truly, honestly, I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful because I've had to learn to treat people, to keep people at arm's length and create a healthy distance. That's what I learned during my isolation period from everybody is to create a healthy distance and to become less attached to my friends, to where we are attached at the hip, to where I feel like your problems are my problems, to where it's like I've detached myself to where it's like, hey, I can give you advice. I can be that loving friend that you need. I can be that ear that you need to listen to, that shoulder to cry on. However, I'm going to give you some advice. It's up to you whether you want to take it or not. If you don't take it, it's up. Hey, that I, it's, no, it's no sweat off my back because it is what it is. I've said my piece. But hey, if you want to improve X, Y, Z, this is what you need to do. Or if you want this to happen, this is what you need to do. And if you don't listen, hey, that's on you once again. But I've created I'm creating and have created a healthy distance to where it's like, hey, your problems won't be my problems. Because, see, Trey, the difference between me and you and I have to get a little bit messy here. But the difference between us, Trey, is that the man who I have had sexual relations with, including you, are out and proud and in, and not in the closet. They are sure of themselves and they know who they are. They're not in their late 30s going into their early to mid 40s, still confused and conflicted due to all types of things that, as it pertains to sexuality and black men from the time we are boys and how black men and boys don't get to experiment with their sexuality. You're either straight or you're gay and people don't believe in bisexuality. And then on top of that, you have bisexual black men who really are not bisexual but are gay and this is no attack on men who are bisexual but you have a lot who will straddle the fence because in their minds oh well at least i'm still half attracted to a woman but you know with the guy i'm just gonna fuck on him and he's gonna catch feelings like you did with Derek. see now fuck it i am revealing your dirty laundry a little bit you caught feelings for him and he he pretended to catch feelings for you and was really manipulating you because this because of the sex the sex was that good whole time Derek had a baby mama who he's now divorced from 
and a, a side chick as well while he was with the baby mama and you were the side dude. So he was playing all three of y'all. What type of fucking love square is this? I would say a triangle, but that means it was only three of y'all. But there was there was him, his baby mama, the other woman and you. So that's four sides. Right. So, yeah, this little love square that you got going on or this like love diamond rather that you got going on. Hey, I don't know what to tell you except for. You need to know your worth and, you know, the difference again, there's the difference between me and you shit. I mean, shit, there was this one. Oh, my God. There was this one guy who tried to say that he was DL or whatever. It's like, no, nigga, you're gay or bisexual at the least. No, actually, he is bisexual because he is dating women now. But it's just like, dude, you're not DL. My nigga, shut up. Like people can probably tell. Yeah, that's why I'm like for a lot of you DL dudes. If I can just pivot into this, y'all are dumb. Let me tell y'all why. Let's say you have this D.O. brother who goes to the to all his family functions. And for the past decade, 10 years, he's been bringing the same homeboy around. And that's his roommate or whatever, his homeboy. That's, you know, they love to use coded words as if their family can't put two and two together. You don't think that after a while, maybe after the like fifth year or after however many times in the one year that you've bought this this other guy around that your family don't know what's up. And they're just waiting for you to accept who the fuck you are because it's just like you're parading around like, oh, where the bitches at? Where the honeys at? Da, 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 whatever the hell y'all calling women nowadays. And it's just like this bromance that is giving very homoerotic energy. It's just exuding and dripping and leaking. It's leaking, soaking wet, shake it like a salt shaker. You know, it's like you don't think that they can they can't put two and two together and be like, oh. Fuck it. Let's use Derek, for example. Like, like you don't think that Derek's family knew that, like, oh, he definitely likes the boys as well as the girls. And that's okay, but it's like he needs to admit that to himself. Like, a lot of you DL niggas are stupid. And my friend Trey, again, he's an, you know, out proud black gay man. But it's like, dude, the man who you are having relations with, it's like, bro, you getting, you're getting up there in age. If you want a relationship, you need to do better in your dating choices. And in your, you know, if it's just a hookup, it's just a hookup. I ain't going to slut shame you. But, bro, you need to fucking do better, my nigga. Do better, you know? Do better. That's all I got to say. Do better. I ain't even going to apologize for going on that little rant. Because, look, I know y'all love that shit. And, hey, at least on the bright side, I didn't get violent. So there's that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to give me credit just like I just gave myself credit. I didn't get violent. It's just, you know, again, dude tried to really throw that the, the Tevin's shit back in my face. It's like, bro, that shit don't hurt me. Okay, yeah. The, okay, me and the nigga not talking. But guess what? This nigga is still periodically viewing my Instagram story. Check randomly checking on me via Instagram, and it's just like, bruh, if you and even for him, it's like, Tevin, if you think I'm still talking about you on my close stories, I'm not. And even if I do talk about you, you done already missed it because the story done expired, you know what I'm saying? Because again, yes, I'm still human, yes, I still miss you, but it's just like, hey, I'm in a much better space in my life right now because. Waiting around on you caused so much stress for me, whereas the person I'm seeing now and just everything else, there's less stress. Like I can actually be with somebody who's giving me the same energy, reciprocating the same energy to me versus things being one sided. You know what I'm saying? So to you, Trey, my friend. Fuck off. Fuck you. But in the same breath, hey, fuck you. Pay me. And you need to really get some healing and therapy your goddamn self. You really need to, bruh. 
Do that for yourself. You owe that to yourself to let go of a lot of trauma and hurt and pain that you have been holding on to. I need you to do that for yourself. Please and thank you. Okay. Men are going to take this anymore. Okay, I'm just not me not going to take this anymore. Like you are not about to disrespect me and keep, and I'm not about to be anybody's emotional punching bag. I'm not about to be anybody's emotional dumping ground or trauma dumping ground. None of that is called take care of yourself and just, you know, you can't be mad at me for moving how I move, how I'm how, how I am moving going forward. I'm doing this for me because, again, bro, you show me your true colors. You showed me by saying, that, oh, I got tired of you talking about this, then the third bro I was hurt. I was in pain. I needed somebody to talk to. And I didn't I couldn't afford a therapist at the time, but now I am in therapy. Now what? Maybe I'll recommend my therapist to you, bro, because it is what it is. You need help just like I do. So psh, there's that. But that's all, y'all. That's just the takeaway I want y'all to do. That's just a little story time, if you will, with Onyx. Um that's what I'll call this segment. Story time with Onyx. And I hope you guys enjoy that and take away the messages that are within this little story. Now, I'll be back after these messages from our sponsor as we get ready to wrap up today's episode. I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with the line from the Notorious B.I.G., Black and Ugly as Ever, However... So I'm here to tell you about Black and Ugly, a clothing line where the phrase itself is an oxymoron and it is not everything that you think. Rather, it's everything you think it's not. Here at Black and Ugly, you are going to find unique pieces of clothing from hats to hoodies to sweatpants to camouflage pants to backpacks to little pins that you can put on your backpack as well as your clothing down to jackets, hockey shirts, so on and so forth. And mind you, this is not your typical average wear. No, this is wearable art created by a black woman for for the people by the people. This is like FUBU 2.0. Black and ugly. It's everything that you think it's not. Be sure to head on over there and let them know that the Royal Hour Prince Onyx sent you. Ow. All right, you guys, and I am back for the outro. So as far as if I have anything coming up, well, first off, I want to thank you guys for again, tuning in to the Royal Hour podcast. It means the world to me. Again, I'm doing my best. I am doing my best to be more and more consistent. Um, again, last weekend I was doing some reconstruction, so that's why I had skipped Saturday, and I just re-released the first season episodes, re-edited, repolished, and just in the spirit of rebranding, but also just wanting to do away with the negativity, the messiness, the shade, the toxic rants, the rants where I was definitely leaving some threatening remarks. Um, and I just wanted to give you guys a more polished, cleaner version of your good guy Prince Onyx here. But uh, before I head out, do I have anything coming up other than my podcast, my exclusive podcast part known as the Royal Palace, doing part of the Royal Hour podcast that is exclusive on the app Clubhouse that I do Sundays at 1230 Central PM time, you know, if you're in the Midwest. Um, so yeah, that's it. That's all. But by the time you guys do get around to hearing this episode, that episode on Clubhouse would have already came and went. But because Clubhouse allows for replays, when you log on to the site, to the Clubhouse app, and you find me, your good guy, Prince Onyx on there, you can scroll down my uh, account and you can find the replays of the several episodes that I've had thus far. And you can check those out. 
Other than that, ooh, I do have a photo shoot coming up next month. I'm really excited about that. And Lent is also coming up next month from March 2nd to April 14th. So what are you guys giving up for Lent? I know what I'm I'm thinking of a few things I'm going to be giving up um, just for the time being, just to like detox and reset and all of that good stuff. But what are you guys giving up for the month of Lent? I can't wait to hear all about it. Be sure to hit me up and let me know. Also, lastly, thank you guys again for checking out today's episode and just the, the Royal Hour podcast in general. I freaking love you guys. And shit, I mean, other than that, catch me in the HCR, Hoodoo, Conjure, and Root Work over on Clubhouse, as well as the Royal Palace the extension of the Royal Hour podcast. And that is about it, you guys. All righty, peace. Have a good one and be safe out there and stay prayed up. Prince Onyx loves you. Mwah. Ah. <laughs>